Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Well, turn with me tonight. We're going to continue to talk about your faith and that faith sees God. And a foundational scripture for that is um, Hebrews um, chapter 11 and verse 27. Faith is the ability to see the answer before the answer comes or before the answer manifests. Faith is the ability to see the answer before the manifestation takes place. And that's why the Bible says count it all joy. You should have joy in trials, and I know that's a, you know, that can be a challenge for whatever situation you're going through. And we're not teaching you the Bible at the lowest level. We're doing our best to teach it to you at the highest level. Because the devil doesn't measure pressure and trials and temptation based on your faith level. He tries to get you in the most challenging trial, and he don't care what your faith level is. Amen. And so you have to work your faith uh, until it's great faith. The Bible said this, you know, it talks about three or four different kinds of faith. It's a faith. Where is your faith? You got to go find it. How is it that you have no faith? Then there's little faith and then there's great faith. So faith can be measured. Amen. And uh, there's, uh, I think Miss Agnes got up Sunday, said, Faith always has an action associated with it. Uh, the Bible said faith uh, without works is dead as the body is without the spirit is dead because faith will always have a corresponding work. We're building that building by faith. Why? Because God told us to do it. Faith, the action of faith is the word or the assignment that God gave you. That's what faith is. Faith is fulfilling the plan that God has for your life. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. So uh, every, every day is a faith day or a faith lifestyle. I never get up and not work on the plan of God for my life. We taught a class on purpose and destiny, I remember, um, in Bible uh, Institute. And it, one, I always remember this section. You have to write down the things you know are hindering God's plan for your life. You have to write down the habits, the things that are hindering, could even be people, hindering God's plan for your life that you are allowing in your life. You have to identify those things that, uh, that you know that are hindering your faith or hindering the plan of God for your life. Because if you don't identify those things and become real with them, you just let them sit there. Now, this is holding me up. This attitude is holding me up, or, or this mindset is holding me up. And I remember that, and people really, we all need to do that. We need to take an inventory of ourselves. It could be I'm not spending enough time in the Word, or, um, you know, I don't, have, I don't have a consistent prayer life. You know, and people act like those are chores. Those are not chores. Those are, you know, words should be, uh, the psalmist said, I desire your word more than Kentucky Fried Chicken. 
<laughs> he said more than is necessary food. I just said that. I mean, it should be a desire to want to be around God. Yeah. Who, who you hanging with? Nothing compares to him. Amen. Praise God. And so um, you have to list things and mindsets that you know are hindering you from reaching your full potential. You have to do that. And you have to write down the things. What is it going to take for me to reach my full potential? What, what are those things that I need to do to reach my full potential? You should have an inventory of both of them. And then you should review it to make sure that you are, uh, the Bible said, that you are using your time wisely. Because one resource you have that you cannot replace, you can't get yesterday back. You can't get it back. It's, it's, I mean, it's down the road a piece, and, um, and you have to use your time wisely. And one of the things we should use our time wisely on is developing our faith. Amen. Now let's look down here. At, I thought this, this scripture really jumped out at me, and it's uh, Hebrews eleven twenty seven. I got some more scriptures, and I thought tonight it would be good to give you what I do have. And uh, I shared it Sunday morning. And, uh, but it'll be good to give you all the scriptures that God gave me regarding faith sees the answer, faith sees God. Faith gives you an image of victory before you ever get there. You should, you should already, sometimes you just know this is, this is how this is going to turn out. And knowing what's coming is a promise of God. He said he'll show us things to come. Well, and the word, the word is a prophetic word that God, God gives us what's coming before we get there. That's why we have this prophetic book, this prophecy book. It is letting us know this is what God expects to happen in this ministry and in our lives personally. So look at this, what it says right here. It says, by faith, he being a Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. His faith, his faith caused him to function in a way that just like you are here right now, he could sense the presence of God here right now, which makes faith a, you know, I've heard somebody preaching a sixth sense. You have five senses, what, hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting, and touching. And that helps you to perceive and know this known realm. Well, faith is a sense that helps you perceive the realm you can't see. So you have the ability to function in both realms. You and I both have the ability to function in, and that's how we were created. And we should have the ability to function in both realms because we're spirit beings first. I mean, a lot of times people are not in contact with their spirit realm, but the New Testament believer should be in contact with his spirit realm. It should be the predominant... It should be the predominant part of me that is functioning all the time. And then my mind should be subject, subjected to my spirit. My mind should be, my, my, my feelings should be subjected to my spirit. My decision making should be subjected to my spirit. I should be spirit led, spirit fed, spirit empowered, spirit strengthening. Paul said in, in Romans 1, Chapter 1 and verse 9, I won't turn that I serve God with my spirit. Most believers serve what they sow. I've been pastoring 23 years. The moment they get a feeling, normally that's what's going to make the decision for them. 
I don't care if they pray in tongues, they can pray in tongues, but their feelings are still predominant. How you know, if, you know, even though they're praying in tongues, because most of the manifestations are works of the flesh. Most of their manifestations, even though they go to church, even though they pray in tongues, most of their manifestations are fleshly. And they'll make a fleshly decision and get out of the plan of God for their life. Why are they praying in tongues? So, you know, I'm just telling you, praying in tongues is not a sign of maturity. It's an opportunity to go into the supernatural. Amen. It's just an opportunity to go into the supernatural. It's not a badge of maturity. Love is the ultimate badge of maturity. And it does not, it is not moved by feelings. Amen. Love is not a feeling. Amen. It's an action. It's not moved by how I feel right now, what they said about me or what they think about me. Amen. And so we need to develop our faith. And we'll probably look at that. We need to develop our faith because faith gives me the ability to perceive and see into the supernatural realm. It gives me that ability to do that because I begin to see the promises of God and whatever God said about my life manifesting. I know this is how this is going to turn out. Amen. And when you know that, it means you are seeing the outcome before the outcome gets there. And Moses was able to leave Egypt. He was able to lead people in a place that looked like we're going nowhere because he was seen and living as if God and he God was there. But he was actually functioning as he was seeing him just like I'm seeing you. And the, what ability, to, where did he get the ability to do something like The Bible said his faith did it. His faith was so strong, it was like God is all, you know, I'm dealing with him as much as I'm dealing with you. Most people get up and they act as if they're dealing with whatever's in their day. Their day is the biggest thing going on. The scene they're in, the environment they're in is the biggest thing. He was in that environment, but God was bigger than his environment. Amen. Praise God. Now, you know, when you're living by faith, God is bigger than what you're going through. Amen. Amen. That's why Jesus went to sleep in the storm and everybody else was screaming because he knew the plan of God was in operation. He knew the angels were there to keep that boat up. Praise God. He knew the power of God was in operation. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so we want to take a look at some scriptures here. Go over here and look at... um, Second um, Corinthians chapter four verse eighteen. 2 Corinthians chapter four verse eighteen. Faith is the ability to function as seeing into the supernatural realm. Amen. Amen. And so it says right here, Second uh, Corinthians chapter four and verse. We'll probably pick up here verse thirteen. It says we having. The same spirit of faith. Amen. Praise God. When you get born again, Moses didn't, (laughs) his spirit wasn't born again. Yours is. And so you have, (laughs) you have the ability to have faith function out of your spirit. And it says right here, we we have the same spirit of faith. So my recreated spirit functions in faith. My recreated spirit functions in faith as I feed on the word of God. It's just food for my, for my spirit. Now, the word of God renews my mind or 
or we can say feeds the soul so the soul don't fight against God. Most people going through a trial, the fight is within them. The fight is in them. When you're born again, your spirit is recreated in the image and likeness of God. It is, a, it is a spirit of faith, amen, because God is a spirit, and he functions in faith, so he has a spirit of faith too. So he gave us a spirit like him. If my spirit is dominant, then I'm going to live the life of the impossible because nothing is impossible, what he said, to the believer. If I can keep my spirit functioning in dominant and keep it out in the forefront and my mind is not trying to lead me and dominate me. I'm not, I wasn't supposed to look at it, this project and be concerned about money. Why? Because the Spirit of God told me in the prophecy that you not be concerned about how you're going to do this. The moment you take the concern, that means your soul is leading this thing. Your spirit ain't going to take concern. Amen. It already knows the answer. It already knows we got victory. Amen. Amen. The war for people is within them. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And, and whatever's winning inside of them, just listen to them talk and they'll tell you who's winning. Yeah. Just listen long enough, they'll tell you who's winning. Yeah. They'll just tell you who's winning. Somebody say, well, you keep talking about what people don't, you know, it's always something you got to do. Yeah, it is always something you got to do. Yeah. Yeah, it is always something you got to do. You go to work, it's something you got to do. You go home, it's something you got to do. Guess what with God? Be doers of the word. It's always something you got to do. Guess what you got to do? Do the word. People think I'm ignorant. No, I just know you're in the flesh right now. That's what I know. That's, that was a soulish statement. When you give up the local church, you give up your fellowship, you in somebody else's ship. You in somebody else's ship. When you give up people, you, you once fellowship with them in the local church, but you don't want to be around them now. You won't be around the words. You don't want to be in the, in the, in the, the service. There's always something going up on you in your life. And typically with his women, eventually they post something on the Facebook. <laughs> Finally, the Facebook post shows up. Now, I knew it all along because faith sees what's going on. <laughs> then all of a sudden, the Facebook post comes up. I said, that, I said oops, there it is, but I already knew that. I already knew that. Soulless, soulless changes. Soulless changes will divert a person from the spirit. I don't, you know, it's just the way it is, man. Praise God forever. I'm just doing my job. Amen. Yeah, it is something you need to do. do be, be doers of the word. Amen. Praise God. I'm not going to be a pastor and lower the standard and have a carnal church. Then we don't have no power. I don't want to do that. Amen. Praise God. We're going the whole way if you really want to know. It's people waiting for this church. One of my contractors told me, I build it, but I'm coming up in there. He told me the other day. He said, I helped build this pastor. I'm bringing my wife and my whole family up again. That's what he told me today. I ain't just building. He said, something special is going to happen up on that hill. I'm trying to tell you something right now. How can somebody come there and perceive that something special is going to happen there? That means their faith is causing them to see something before it ever even happens. All he did was work on it. He ain't heard me preach. 
He said, he just been asking me some questions. And he can perceive by the questions he's asking me. <laughs> he said, never man talked like this before to me. <laughs> Praise God forever. He asked me a question about family today. I said, except the Lord build a house. Just a family. I said, family's the center of society. Everybody out there cutting up came from some family. The news is six and ten are family members. They may not be yours, but they're somebody's family members. The breaking news, the 24-hour news, the news that didn't make news. They came from people's family. Why do they act like that and why do they think like that? Because of impartations they got or didn't get. Sometimes what you didn't get can hurt you. So God had to build the church, a place where the gates of hell would not prevail. Evidently, Jesus saw the gates not prevailing against the church. He saw it by faith. And I told him that, I said, except the Lord. There are no exceptions. If God ain't building your house, trouble coming. He got, he got a lot of people to pick from. That's Sally. That's Junior. That's Mama. That's Daddy. That's Baby. <laughs> That's the money. That's the health. It's a lot he can attack. And except the Lord build the house, he said, they lay, your, your labor is in vain. All the raising, all the money. I've seen him wipe out homes yeah. where ain't nobody left. Yeah. Right. Mama gone, daddy gone, brother, sister. The whole house is gone. I've seen him do it. Yeah. People think, well, that's just no. No, that's demonic. And the only defense is that you live by faith. Hallelujah. You live by the plan of God that God has for your life. That's the only defense for your life is you live by faith. And faith comes by hearing the word. Yes, it's something you need to do. Grab your Bible. Right. Your spirit wants the Bible. Yeah. So if, you're, if your flesh does not want to do the things of God, right. sometimes you're going to have to make your flesh come to church. I have to make mine. Yes, I do. Sometimes I'm laying there, and I know what time I got to get ready to be on time. In my body, I'm going to take a nap, praise God. You get up and you run and do things all day with the building and talk to all kinds of people and all kinds of things going on, for, you know, and, uh, and all the other stuff that goes on along with pastoring. Then you say, well, I think I'll take a nap. You better take one. You can run yourself right in the ground. Don't you know you can kill yourself working for Jesus? Yes, you can. Praise God. There's <laughs> no he's, he's, he's He's sick. Because of the workload he took on for the church that's in your Bible. And I know about it. When I get tired, I go lay down. Right. Amen. Praise God. If you call during that time, you ain't getting the call. Right. <laughs> no, I'm resting. That's right. So I have strength to help you. Amen. You just didn't get into that. A lot of times people been in stuff a long time and they just called me. No, you had that demon a long time. Hold on to it till I take my nap. <laughs> <laughs> you've, been, you've been with that demon a long time. And, then, and now you just decided, you just decided to get rid of it during my nap time. <laughs> I'll be with you in a minute. You're gonna be alright. <laughs> well, see, you're gonna be alright. <laughs> Praise God. Faith sees the answer is what I'm trying to tell you. Amen. <laughs> Look what it said right here. We have the same spirit of faith. Listen, you got, a, you got a spirit of faith on the inside of you. 
You, you got a lion of the, on the inside of you. Lion of the tribe of Judah. You got a champion on the inside of you. You got somebody that nothing is too hard for them because they're with God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So we look down here and say we have the spirit of faith. Let's look at this now. According as it's written, I believe, therefore, I have spoken. And speaking happens because your spirit sees something. Amen. Your spirit sees something that your soul hadn't seen. Moses was enduring as if God was there. Now, what would your house be like if everybody was functioning like God is all up in there? That's different. You talk different, you act different, you think different. And Moses was functioning as if seeing God. So there's things you would do if God was there, and there's things you would do if God wasn't there. It's supposed to be the same. But when you start living like God is up in here, that's totally different how you come to church. Real faith knows Jesus is here. But why? Because Hebrews, the book of Hebrews said, he said, I'm going to worship the Father with you in your midst. So church is supposed to be a supernatural transaction every time we come. And the Bible said if we, if we live at that level of faith, when unbelievers come, they'll say God is in our midst. They post people to sense the presence of God when they come in here. Amen. And, and it, my faith level about the local church determines if they perceive that. You, you, I'm telling you where you're going. I tell you where every service goes, to the highest level of the faith that's there. Let me tell you where every service goes, to the highest level of the faith of the people that's there. If you come expecting, <laughs> Romans 15, 29, write this down. Paul said, when I come, I'm coming in the fullness of the blessing. So anytime Dr. Jacobs is coming, I say, I'm going to see he's coming in the fullness of the blessing. Then over there in um, Romans 1, 11, I believe for him to impart, impart spiritual gifts. There's, supposed, there's something supposed to happen when there's expectation on a ministry gift. Paul told the church to pray for him so that he could open his mouth boldly. And speak the mysteries of the gospel, which means hidden things are supposed to be coming out in a setting where we are coming to grow our faith, to grow in love, and to grow in our expectation. Things ought to happen up in here. But it's all based on nothing. If I just roll in y'all's church time, you know, but then if I get ready, some Titans to the tickets game. I mean, Titans tickets. They ain't picking on the Titans. They're doing real good this year. If I'm yipping and yelling about that, but then I'm dragging when it's time to go to church. You ever watch Charlie Brown line us with, with drag that blanket all around, just drag it. Ain't no telling when it's been washed. And just drag that blanket all around with him. You know, I have to have some expectation when I'm coming. And I just have to, we have to train ourselves to think like this. You have to train ourselves to think like this because miracles are waiting on you. 
Because <laughs> they're sitting here waiting on you. Yes, they are. Come on now. It's things waiting on you. to. It's waiting on you to receive it. Praise God. You only get what you can receive. And faith is the hand that receives. The only thing you can ever take from God is you take it by faith. You ain't going to take it crying. You ain't going to take it making God feel sorry for you. You ain't going to take it because you cried all day yesterday. You ain't going to take it because you want everybody to pity you right now. You are not getting nothing from God without believing him. Except for the sun shining on the just and the unjust. And that's what's wrong with the church, living just like the world. Let's get in this right now. They receive it on the same level. It said, I believe, therefore I've spoken. We believe, therefore we speak. It's some things we ought to be saying together, and it's some things we ought, some expectations we ought to be declaring together, and it's some expectations we ought to be declaring individually because God spoke that to you. Amen. And speaking is faith. Amen. When God says something to you, faith comes by hearing God's word. That's exposure to the first level of hearing then that doesn't mean you're going to walk in that. Matter of fact, I guarantee you, if you just leave it at the level of you just heard that, faith comes by hearing. Faith don't come by heard. Hearing is a constant. Hearing is a constant. And listen, you're going to hear all the rest of your life. You are built for hearing. You're always going to hear you, somebody else. You're always going to be practicing hearing. But everything you hear does not produce faith. Faith comes from hearing God consistently. Amen. And you can't count to three and, and sing twinkle, twinkle, little star at the same time. So evidently you can only have one major thought at a time. Amen. So hearing is worship. Amen. Hearing is how you worship. What you hear determines how you are worshiping. If you are constantly hearing God, then faith is constantly working. You are a supernatural manifestation in motion if you're constantly hearing. If you're constantly hearing God, faith is constantly coming. And if faith is constantly coming, then manifestations are constantly taking place around you. If you want to be a person blessed coming in and blessed coming out, then you need to be hearing all the time. God said the blessing works when you diligently, constantly are hearing the word of God. He said he's a reward of those that diligently seek him. Don't nothing come to the casual believer. You got to get radical up in here. You got to get sold out. You got to get radical. You got to get over the board. Praise God. You can't get drunk just taking a sip. <laughs> Praise God. No, you can't. And some of y'all got more experience than other people, and you should have said amen. You got to get in that bottle. Turn it up. That's what you got to do. <laughs> no. You got to turn it up. Well, you're going to turn God up. You're going to turn the word up. You're going to turn prayer up. Praise God. They got in the upper room in the book of Acts and they locked themselves in and they said it's going to be God or bust up in here and if you're going to come up in this room, you're going to have to turn it up. You're going to have to turn it up. You're going to have to be in one accord. You ain't going to bring nothing up in here but God with you. You're going to have to be ready for this. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh and we up in here to get this. He said, you shall receive power. 
said you shall receive power. Your faith is supposed to take power. You're supposed to be drinking so much of God that the power hits you and you go in all the world. You preach the gospel. You lay hands on the sick. You know, drunk people will talk to anybody. Yes, they will. When somebody drunk, they just look at you. <laughs> they tell you, you ready for this conversation? Because it's coming, whether you want it or not. I don't need to know you. That ain't got nothing to do with it. I ain't even worried about what you're thinking about me right now. I'm going to be talking crazy anyway. <laughs> the Bible said when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, they went out and began to minister to people. The church has got to get drunk again. On that new wine. Yes, you do. That means you got to be intoxicated with God. Amen. When they test your blood, you're supposed to have, you're supposed to have a reading that let us know that you've been doing something. You've been saturating yourself. Word saturation, Holy Ghost saturation will solve all of your problems. You'll get to the place where nothing is impossible to the believer. You'll sleep in the storm. You'll run through a troop like David did. You'll leap over the wall. You'll be more than a conqueror. You'll be always triumphing, praise God, because the power of God is with you. Get ready to keep your home. Get ready to keep your children. Get ready to prosper. Keep your finances and money. Get ready to be a sign and a wonder. Yeah. Oh, you should be. You should be getting to a place. Talking about, I can't wait to burn. Jesus said, "I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire." Jeremiah said, it's like fire. Shut up in my bones. Can't be quiet about it. Baptize you. Praise God. Hallelujah. I got it. All I need is one burning. All I need is one good blaze. <laughs> yes, you do. It'll change the whole service. Somebody else will catch on fire too. Somebody see that and catch on fire too. Don't you know, don't you know this ain't going to end with fire? <laughs> yes, it is. It's going to end. The last revival going to end with some fire. I, this church was called for it. I've been baptized up and baptized down. Been baptized all around. I didn't, I didn't even know where I was going. God done took me to the Holy Ghost group. I went to the fall in the floor group. Praise God uncontrollably group. Amen, signs and wonders and miracle group. He took me out of all that. If you follow the Holy Ghost, God is not going to take you. Incognito Christianity. Well, you can't be identified. We don't know what you are. <laughs> the Bible said they spent so much time with Jesus, the people knew that these people had been with him. Signs and what the power showed up around them. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Listen to this. He said, therefore, be, knowing that he which raised up our Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are yours. All things are for your sake. 
that the abundance of grace might th grace through thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God. For this cause we faint not. Come on now. You don't pass it out. The Bible said if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is weak. When people pass out in the trial, that means they don't have no faith. You say you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is weak. Men ought to always pray and not pass out. I didn't say big. Prayer means you stand in the presence of God. Where your strength comes from. But though our outward man perish, our inward man what? That means your inward being is getting stronger every day. That's your spirit of man. Stronger to see God. See the plan of God. For our outward affliction is for, for a moment. Work of a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For while we look at the things, we look not at the things which are seen. This is where I really want to go. Because faith sees. Gone. Come on now. While we look not at the things, amen, I'm not even supposed to be looking at what you can see. I'm supposed to be looking at what you can't see. See, our job is what you can't see. See, our job is to bring to pass what you can't see. Amen. We already know what's here. Corona's here. Amen. People won't come to work. That's here. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Stimulus checks, they here. Come on now. For we look not at the things which are seen, because seen things can begin to affect your faith. See, Abraham, the Bible said he couldn't consider his own body. He's 100 years old, and he's about ready to have a baby. He considered not his own body. Come on, now God won't let you look at the natural to determine if he's working. This is what gets people tripped up all the time. Well, the doctor told me this. You know what? You ain't supposed to be looking at that. You done heard it once. Come on now, that's enough. How many times do you need to hear it? While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Amen. Amen. For the things which are seen yes. are temporal. Yes. Yes. Come on now. Yes. Come on now. The things you can see are temporal. Yes. Amen. You ain't seen all of you. Yes. I don't care if it's your best state right now. God's got another dimension of glory for you. Yes. Amen. Praise God. God wants you at that level right now. This, this is a temporal level, amen. Your promotion's not over with. You got, you're going to go from another dimension of glory. Come on now. God's got a whole new level waiting on you. Yes, he does. Praise God. Yes, it is. He had one for Moses. He had promotion for Abraham at 100. Amen. When 25 years believing God for a promise of a son, then he got to the place where his body wouldn't even produce. Sarah's never did. Then he got to the place he couldn't even look at Sarah's body. We walk by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is a different kind of sight. It makes you strange around sight walking people. Yes, it does. Jesus was in the room. They said, the, daughter, the man's daughter is dead now. Leave him alone. Jesus said, put them out. 
Put them out. Put them out. I don't care if it's your first cousin. Put them out. I don't care if it's your mama. Put them out. Jay Iris, put them out. They said when they put them all out, don't leave none of them standing around. Come on now, if you want a miracle, don't leave the sidewalkers. Don't leave the sidewalkers around and you want a miracle. Amen, because they got to go. Because they keep looking at the girl being dead. And if your mind is not renewed, it's easier to believe in dying than it does living. Come on now, we preached that a couple of weeks ago. How you know that? Because Thomas believed in Jesus dying. Because he didn't see him die. He took off running. But he believed the report of the crucifixion that John told him about and the women told him about. Because that group was there. Now, he believed the death report. But when it came to the resurrection report from the same people, I ain't believing that until I see it. He said, blessed are those that believe because they hear it over those that see it. And you got to be careful. You can, the devil can train you to believe in lack before you believe in increase. You got to be careful. There are no limits to this thing. The Bible said they limited the Holy One of Israel. There are no limits. Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. And nothing is impossible to the believer. And it's two things Jesus said I want you to do in the kingdom. I want you changing and I want you believing. Those are the two responsibilities of every believer in the kingdom and every child of God. They they have constantly be changing. What are you changing? By the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Let the word of God transform you. You got to begin to think. You got you to consciously think. First stage of faith is just hearing the word. The second stage of faith is meditating the word. You know how many times I had to walk in the woods? I said, don't be concerned about money. He don't told me. He said, for the rest of your life, you can never worry about money. You're done. It's one of the greatest fears Satan has put on humanity is the fear of running out. You've got to beat that because if you don't, it'll stop your giving. You've got to watch people around you too. If somebody had a, had a rather large tithe money, tithe card, if they listen to somebody, they said, you going to tithe off of that? See, that would have been the day that person wouldn't have been my friend. I can't afford to have you around. I cannot afford to have you around. Because one day I may listen to you. You'd have got a whole, you got a whole sermon if you told me that. Because what are you saying? There's not a flow coming to me, so you better sit on this egg. You better sit on this. That's what the person is telling you to do. They're telling you that God is stingy. And this is going to be as good as it gets for you. So you better sit on this. You don't know how much unbelief is behind that one statement. That's just the tip of the iceberg. 
that person does not see a supply. The supply coming. My supply is coming. My supply is full. My supply is here. They don't even see that God took me to Louisville, Kentucky. And, and I was, he said, you got to confess this for the rest of your life. And he took me, and Dr. Jacobs brought me to, to preach, and he put me in one of the nice hotels in Louisville, Kentucky, and I could look at the Ohio River. I mean, a real nice room. The whole wall was window at the top floor. What is he doing? I'm, I'm going to honor you. Brought you in as a guest speaker. I'm not going to put you in the cheapest room. Put you in the Motel 8. He don't think like that. Your God is bigger than that. You got to get a revelation that the best belongs to you. Or you're going to be riding discount everything. Open your cupboard is generic everything. Generic noodles. Generic rice. Generic this, because it say you've saved how much? A few cents on the dollar. <laughs> you got to beat that. You got to take that poverty demon out back and say, I'm going to whoop you all in the front. I'm going to whoop you. I'm going I'm I'm to take you out back. And my neighbors, are, it's going to look like I'm fighting by myself, but I'm going to be whooping the poverty. I'm going to be whooping this poverty demon. No, you don't in the name. I cast you out. Fight him in the backyard. So your neighbors can see it. <laughs> you don't think I'm, you may think I'm playing. I've been in a lot of fights. You don't stop. It's called the faith is a good fight of faith. You got to take every unbelief system that's floating around in your head and you got to go out backyard and fight it because I want your neighbors to see you. Now, you don't be concerned about this. God had me read Kenneth Copeland's book, 30 Years in the Ministry. He told me to go get it. That's what changed this whole church. That's why we're doing what we're doing. You can go only as far as you trust God. As far as you're going. As far as anything in your life is going, your marriage it's as far as anything's going in your life. That's as far as you're going. When we sold that building in Madison. I think we sold almost a half a million dollars. We still owe some money. I didn't subtract what we owed and wrote a tithe check. Somebody at that time questioned me, do you have to tithe? I said, I don't even think like that. We're writing the tithe check off the 500000 I don't even think like you. They're not even here anymore. It's people in this church. They were supposed to help. People in this church are going to surpass that. It's already happened. Because your replacement is always better than you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You ain't probably giving God your least. Because that has to do with honor. That has to do with honor. And faith don't work without honor. 
So I broke that demon. I broke it in my house. I read that book. Kenneth Copeland owed $500. He was worried about making budget. $500. That's nothing now. God says, you took the care on, so I can't provide it. You got to get rid of the care. Then he went and owed, he owed $1 million, owed $1 million on his radio bill. He said, I'm not going to borrow the money. You're going to have to do this. He said, I got behind the radio. He said, care got on me because I kept, kept getting behind. Well, God told him to go on the radio. We're nationwide. $1 million. I'm sitting there reading the book. He told me, you go down and get the book. He said, you never even picked it up. when I, I know the anointing came on me to buy it. See, if the anointing ever comes on you to buy a tape and a book, you see, you put it off. You just told the Holy Ghost you don't want to function in the supernatural. The anointing came on me just to get the book. And I'm, she knows I'm not a book, book, big book buyer. This is my book right here. But he said, get that one. Then I got it. He said, I don't even want you to read the whole book. And I ain't read the whole book. He said, I just want you to read the chapter on money. Now, Somebody told me, well, you, is always, you always talking about it's something we got to do. Yes. You got to do the part of your faith that's missing. Yeah, yeah, and it was finances at this church at one time. Mm -hmm. He said, don't you, you just read, the, don't you try to read the whole book. Go to the chapter on finances. He said, my ministry started struggling, struggling at the very beginning, and I learned I had to tithe off of everything that came into my ministry. I told him, you pay nobody. You pay nothing. You pay no bills. You don't pay, you don't pay anything. You pay no construction expenses. Nothing. And 10% of everything that comes in this house, it has nothing to do with the money. You have to work and get that through congregation. It has nothing to do with the money. It has, it's about your respect for your creator. It's about your respect for him. And if you dishonor him financially, you'll never walk in anything I'm talking about. I said, don't you ever fail to take 10 prayers. I, I lay my hands on everything that comes 10% of everything comes from here. We honor God with it. It has nothing to do with the money. We respect you. And when you get a certain amount of money and you say, God, I can't honor you with it, that's your limit. You're done. That's the limit of your distribution in the kingdom. He'll never trust you with any more than that. You just tap yourself off. You're done. You just told him, I will put this and spend it somewhere else before I honor you with it. And I had to learn this. Honor the Lord. I'd never ask for money first. Honor the Lord with your substance. Don't you ever just bring me money. It's mine anyway. When you die, there ain't a red cent going to stay in your pocket. They ain't going to cut the back of your suit out and stuff it around you. If they don't burn you right. and keep the insurance money. Right. You ain't going to be there to find out. Right. You ain't going to be there to say no. Right. Everybody been living tight, 
Fuel costs 25, burning is 1,000. <laughs> 25,000 or 1,000. And everybody been thinking of it? Burn him. Burn him. Burn him. But honor will do what you want. Joseph said, I ain't even going to be here when y'all leave Egypt. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm not even going to be here when y'all leave Egypt. But I know y'all leaving. Yes, y'all. God says y'all going to get up out of here. When y'all leave out of Egypt, take my bones straight up out of here. Don't leave no, I, I may just be bones then. Don't leave them here. I'm not staying up in here. They honored him. Why? Because he had honor. Say amen to that. While we look not at the things that are temporal, but the things which are not seen. So if you can see things that are not seen, then faith sees the supernatural. Amen. It says, I want you to see what nobody else can see. Now, what happens when you start living like that? You start getting knowledge of witty inventions. You start seeing ways to do things that nobody else can see, and your value begins to soar around humanity. That's what happened to Daniel. That's what happened to Joseph because the anointing was on them and their faith caused them to see things that others couldn't see because God was with them. Say amen to that. God wants you on another level. You are the salt of the earth. You're the best this earth has. You are the light of the entire world. And you are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And you are heirs of the entire world with the blessing of Abraham. And all things are yours. See, 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 Joshua had to get a vision that Canaan ain't right. They living on land that don't belong to them. But you have to get the vision of God to see that the land belongs to these people. Amen. Praise God. When you look at the things that are seen, that's going to be temporal because they don't belong there. Amen. Praise God. So, so Joshua had a vision that the land belonged to them. And he went in and conquested the land with the power of God. Canaan ain't right. People were living in houses that wasn't theirs. Eating promised land grapes that wasn't theirs. Drinking out of vineyards that wasn't theirs. Eating promised land bananas that wasn't theirs. Amen. You better get in the spirit and find out what belongs to you. Let God show you a mountain. Let God show you a hill. <laughs> we used to have a grand piano around here. We just for good furniture. And we sold it. We had a baby grand over it. We was on Edmondson Pike. And it was, it was, we had done business with this certain hotel, and I won't call the name of the hotel out because everybody would know it, and I don't want to, you know, I want to protect the names of chains and protect the innocent. But anyway, <laughs> um, I used to see that grand piano because we put our guests up in that hotel, five-star hotel. We put our guests up in that hotel. And because that family was helping us do that, and they got ready to upgrade the hotel. And one of the managers came to the guy that went to this church and says, does your church or your pastor need that piano over there? And another guy heard him 
heard the conversation. He stepped in and said, I'll pay even more for it. The guy said, I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to him right here. Check with your pastor and see if he wants it. I said, he called me up. I said, yeah, take that thing, man. <laughs> then I had to realize I spent years walking by that piano. It was mine. Y'all some walkers too. Y'all been walking about some things. Amen. But when we change the honor in the house, we change the honor in the house, things are going to start coming to you. Oh, I got this scripture right here. Come on now. I got to do this. I got two more scriptures. Then I'm done. I'm done. Praise God. Look over here. Yes and amen. amen. I was telling somebody, I said, I had to figure out. See, pastoring can depress you if you let it. And it'll be situations, and a lot of times it's people. But none of these things move me. Amen. I had to realize Abraham had to deal with Lot first. Oh, Hayden Lot. And play a Hayden Ishmael. He was thinking that that was his group. And then Isaac finally came and made him laugh. Because Isaac was his promise. Ishmael didn't come by promise. He came by the work of the flesh. Yeah. I don't even know what Lot doing on the bus. Because the Bible said, leave your family. Yes, it did. And go to the land that I'm showing you. He wasn't even supposed to be there anyway. And I saw it. I saw it. When God promises you something, a lot of stuff will show up before that. You're supposed to be mad, but here come Bobo. That is not yours. Amen. Praise God. That is not yours. You're going to have to do too much work to it. You're going to fix it up, put some glasses on it. <laughs> you're going to have to do things to fix it up and then try to bring it up in here. And we're going to say, that ain't it. <laughs> so you brought your Ishmael today. So you brought your Ishmael up in here. Okay. You can't let some jump in. It takes time for Isaac to come. He's the one that's going to make you laugh. Even in your latter years, you're going to be laughing. And then I had to realize, wait a minute. That wasn't my harvest. I didn't sow that up in church on the rock in Indiana. I sow loyalty. I sow faithfulness. I sow worship. I sow courage. I sow worship. I sowed honor. That's my harvest, praise God. You ain't seen my harvest yet. We're going to go to a whole nother dimension of glory. Looking at the things, not looking at the things that are seen. Don't you worry about somebody that walks out on you. 
that is not your harvest anyway. They don't need to be there in your next step of glory. They're not going to be laughing when you laughing anyway. You got days of laughter coming. You got days of joy coming. You got joy of the Lord coming. There's days of laughter coming. There's days of heaven coming. There's days that you can't believe coming. You got a harvest coming. Yeah, I had to figure that out, praise God. All right, look at this real quick. <laughs> look at this. I ain't even still, I ain't even got through all the scriptures yet. I ain't do number two on my sheet. John 6 37. I think I preached this down to Pastor Randy's church. We got Buckwild down there too. John 6, 37, all, come on now, come on now, I want all of it, I'm getting all of mine, and I'm telling you it's loaded, I'm telling you, right. that's why the haters need to leave, that's why they might want to go on and go, they got to go, Pastor Cynthia got a brand new car, it wasn't even brand new, it was used. God showed us that this is what I want you to get. This is how much I want you to spend. When she came to me, I said, that was not God. That was, that was, that was, that was pizza last night. That was, that was garlic. That was some type of sage in your... Maybe it been weed. I don't know. I don't know what... No, but I, no she ain't like it. But anyway, she ain't like it. She been delivered. She been set free, praise God. And such was some of you. But anyway, but anyway, the thing is... I got in agreement with her. I said, no, I know this car. When she got the car, <laughs> somebody left. And they act like it was something else. See, people always act like it's something else. I'm smarter than something else. They never tell you the truth. Because you've already been deceived anyway. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> They told somebody, what is she doing with that car? Before they even told her that, I said, it's the car. I just told them, I said, it's the car. That person doesn't want you to have nothing nice around them. And we can't be people like that. The crab just reaches up and pulls the other crab down. And then when that crab finally, I think I'll get out. What is that? <laughs> what is that? He wants it. But he's been reaching up, pulling everybody down too. But now he's on the other side of that. And they reach up. And the mind has to break that poverty. So they came to us and said, this ain't working. Prosperity ain't working. They came up to us and told us that. Husband and the wife both, this ain't working. I said, well, why don't we just sit down and talk? She walked up to him. Are y'all tithing? She the FBI. I try to be nice and pet you a little bit. 
She walked right up and said, are y'all tithing? They, they said, no. She said, there's your problem right there. You sitting in here dishonoring God every week. Whole family piled up in one house. Whole group of them. They changed just because of the instruction she gave them. The employer gave them their own home at cost. Brand new. Nobody ever lived into it before. Just because favor came and moved them into it. Vehicles came. And then she gets one car. And that comes out. I will not have a church like that. Amen. That's the Ishmael's. That's the lots. That's not my harvest. Amen. My mantle exists to increase you. Amen. And any time is not work. In 20... Three years, we've been through 23 years, coming 24, that I've passed it. It's two behaviors that stop prosperity. And I'll always talk about it. And I don't care who, un I could care less who gets uncomfortable. Because they ought to be changing. You're looking at the care less pastor. Because I can lose these two every time in the church or go forward. The fornicator. And the non-tither. You can't move them forward. You can't move them forward. You cannot move them forward. The dishonor destroys their faith. And they want everybody to stay in the same box. They can't. Here's what I found. I found that they never move forward. After 23 years, I found they will hurt your church too. The book of Acts says, don't fornicate. Romans says not to do it. 1 Corinthians says not to do it. 2 Corinthians says not. Galatians says not to do it. Ephesians says not to do it. Philippians says not to do it. Thessalonians says not to do it. Timothy says not to do it. Titus says not to do it. Hebrews says not to do it. All the epistles of Peter and John says not to do it. And if you didn't get the message, the revelation comes. Jesus got burning eyes. I'm telling you not to do this. It's a church killer. Those two spirits are church murderers. They are dishonorable and they're disrespectful. They do not care about the things of God. Neither one of them. You go to Texas, Dr. Hatterball's church, man come out of a trailer out of poverty. If you do any of those things in his church, you are not going to be a member. You're coming off the church row, and you should. And if you're non-tither, you will not open the door for anybody. Because the truth is, you really care less. You have no honor for this ministry. And everything you do is part-time. And I'm getting there. 
I don't look at the numbers. He does. But I will tell you to your face, if that's you, take your hands off this ministry. Just take it off. I don't need your service. Your dishonor will hold it back. That's enough. That's enough. They had to tell somebody in Indiana, grew up in the church, now on the praise team, people in the church helped him, now he's an adult, he won't tithe. So they said, sit down. He gets mad. He's African-American. He's no longer on the praise team. He leaves the church and then going to start talking about racism. I start to call him up. That's my home church. You should have got the message by now. I feel my temperature going up. You've been singing about a God you don't trust. Your lip service. You honor me with your lips, not with your heart. I've been doing this 23 years. If you want to kill your church, and I just read you a couple of weeks ago, little leaven, it leavens a whole lump. It'll spread all the way through your church. They'll bring a friend. Or somebody in your church will see them live. Oh, that's how we're getting down. No, we're not. No, we're not. We honor God at church on the rock. It changed this whole ministry. It's the only reason why we're building out there on the rock. Ain't nobody building no church in no pandemic. Are you kidding me? What board is going to do that? Yeah, let's do this. The people are scattered now. They're running from corona. They're not even there no more. They're gone. My home church is roped off. Brand new 700-seat sanctuary. Roped off. The tornado came through, smacked the thing. The tornado had been gone a long time. They just dismissed the pastor because they can't pay him. That's what you get for 100 years of playing games. Pastor Rogan, I'm sending you to Nashville. You will not fail. Well, others have failed me that had better connections, better training, and better qualities in the natural have failed me. You will not fail me. I saw you like David out in the middle of the sheepville, and I am going to elevate you, and from a small seed shall grow a mighty tree. And when you look at our checkbooks, there will be abundance. Oh, they're coming, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, they're coming. Yes, they are. Put it on a hill so they be a light on a hill so they can see it. You're done being on the back row. You just got promoted. You honor God and God will honor you. You'll come off the back rows. You'll come out of obscurity. You're going to live your life in the house of God in obscurity. I refuse to live that way. You better deal with yourself. Okay, I got to do this. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. You ain't going to have to chase nothing down. You ain't got to get on the websites and try to find you no woman. Turn it on the screen and opening your laptop up.
sinned. It'll come to you. What it's going to do come to you. All the Father has will come. They see, see, you can see, you can get you, you can receive your mate by faith. I'm talking about living by faith. I ain't talking about doing it like everybody else doing it. Going to the clubs and looking over. Ain't nothing in the club. Over in the dark somewhere. What are you doing over there? Praise God. Pastor Cynthia didn't come out of no club. She come out of revival meeting. She come straight out of revival. Come right off the carpet. Delivered, saved, sanctified. She came out of a church to me. I didn't want nothing out of no club trying to make a life with nothing like that. She came to me delivered, sanctified, full of glory, full of the Holy Ghost. That's how she came to me. You think I'm playing? I watched her for two years. She the same yesterday, today, and forever. Anyway, I don't know. Anyway. I was going to say something, but I'm not. About y'all, not her. Amen. Especially you young people. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You want to have faith in God. Praise God. You got to have faith in God if you believe in for me. Everything you get is supposed to come, all that the Father has for you shall come. That means you don't let somebody tell you how old you are. You know, your biological clock. That's an unbelief because God ain't never gave nobody no clock anyway. Sarah received strength at 90. And a man took her home at 90. Now, either he had to be loco crazy, taking a 90-year-old woman home, or God had done his thing on her and renewed her youth, Psalms 103. Amen. Praise God. And Abraham, too. This is the supernatural living I'm preaching about. All that the Father giveth will come to me, and him that come to me I will no wise cast out. Amen. You got to know what God is sending to you. Look at this one last scripture, then I'm done. Oh, it's 8.13? We can praise God. That's, you got enough. All that the Father has for you is coming to you.